Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Dalton Jensen, a fellow podcast host, and he owns a sales training and staffing agency, Empathetic Selling. Empathetic Selling. They focus on helping businesses sell more without spending more on marketing. Oh my gosh, right now, isn't that what every single business owner wants? Sell more, be more effective, and not increase marketing costs. Beautiful. Hey, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I I love being here. Thank you. Nice. Can you expand on my clunky introduction (laughs) about where you are with your business today and the kind of people that you love working with? Yeah, so Empathetic Selling um, started with just a, a framework that uh, I learned just during my time and and ha- on how to help people, and then we realized that a lot of people were hiring or try- you having a hard time hiring salespeople, and having a hard time hiring like good salespeople because the problem with a good salesperson is like being able to train them, and so we we solved that problem with already trained people, uh, helping you on the phones and helping that. So so how do we help you make more and spend less on marketing? Well, it's using the people that you've already had, right? Because it the the key to sales is follow-up. Um, somebody not answering the first time doesn't mean they hate you or they don't want to do business with you ever. It just means that it probably wasn't the right time and they didn't answer the phone, right? So we take a really practical, like empathetic approach to follow-up and to customer interactions. Uh, and, and we train people to do that. So they, they don't have to worry, you know, they don't have to wonder where, where are we going to send them or how are we going to train them or whatever. So that's what mm. we do. Nice. Just a couple of things you said in that is, with the business owners starting out, those trying to grow, maybe those trying to do all these things because you know, when we all go into business, yeah, I think really the entirety of the yes that we're saying yes to, to be the marketer, right. the salesperson, the accountant, all these things. <laughs> and sales specifically, let's focus on that, obviously, because that's what, <laughs> what yeah. you do and help people through. <laughs> right. But it's the, it's the bloodline. It's so important to a business. But what you just said there is the key is in the follow-up. The key mm-hmm. is in not having that judgment or worry around um, what did they think? Are you doing the right thing? What to do? It's tough. So talk to me about the emotional roller coaster that um, maybe business owners go through, or maybe that the people that you train in sales, they have to be able to overcome and work yeah. through so that they can show up well. Right. Well, you know, when we're kids, we're taught like, don't interrupt, right? Like don't interrupt me while I'm talking or, or, or whatever. Right. And, and then you get into business and that's all you have to do, right? Like you got to interrupt people. You got to, you're going to interrupt somebody at dinner. You're going to interrupt somebody in an important meeting. Uh, and so 
that's probably one of the biggest emotional barriers is like, uh, this person's going to think I'm a pain or they're going to think whatever. It's always these, these external things. And the way that I get through that is number one, you, you know, just do it like, and, and I, I take a really like philosophical approach to this in the sense that like, I expect that I'm going to do that. And I, and I expect that like, yeah, dude, if I'm going to interrupt somebody at dinner, they're not going to be happy about that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've got, I'm kind of preparing myself for like, all right, this call uh, is probably, this guy's probably at dinner and I'm going to interrupt his family. So what does that do to my script though? Because it's a really counterintuitive approach. If I know that that's what I'm doing, then I'm, then my script has to be really straight and to the point. And it has to be really effective in the first couple seconds versus a, versus a cold call where I think I'm calling somebody on a beach and they got an hour of, of my time. You know what I mean? Uh, that script is long and takes forever. Uh, but if I know that, then my script is really short and to the point and it's very effective. Then it has to become really effective. Uh, if I know that. So mm. taking that counterintuitive approach doesn't, uh, impede me from doing it. It just like, if I know that, then I can do this better. And so it ends up being really, really good. Um, and so that's, that's how we approach it. What, what was the, what were the barriers that maybe you, you felt when you first started going through this, whether it's, yeah. you know, I can't, you know, everyone says the money's in the follow-up. But for some people, it's so fucking hard to do, to continue to reach out, email, social, um, text message, whatever it might be, because I've done it once, they haven't replied. So then you, we feel ourselves starting to shrink. Yeah. What? How did you help yourself overcome those, maybe logical barriers, but it's... It it's really us. emotional, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. In sales, they call it the thousand pound phone, right? Like pick up the thousand pound phone because uh, it that, you know, nobody wants to do it. Right. And, and it's so crazy. Uh, what helped me um, is, is how we came up with the empathetic selling title and, and how we came up with that framework, which is we lead with empathy and like mm. we treat people like people, right? They're, they're not a sale when we get there. They're not a call that we have to make. There's somebody that we, you know, there's somebody that we have to deal, you know, that we have to treat right. Mm. And, uh, and, and like very, you know, I mean, like a lot of sales books might touch on that, but a lot of sales books touch on like the mechanics of selling, uh, but not a lot on like, not a lot of sales books on the philosophy or like the, you know, the approach in your, mm. in your mind to selling. Uh, and, and yeah, there's some like neuro, you know, NLP books and stuff like that, but I'm talking about like, do that. It's a different story when you're like, you know, you got to make this call. Um, and so how do you uh, prepare for that and jump over that? It's like, you know, you're going to treat them like a person, right? So like a no on the phone isn't all, all the way, always a no, like, Hey, I can't talk right now. Right. So instead of hitting you with a bunch of rebuttals that I learned in this closer survival guide, I might just say, okay, cool. Thanks. And then I might call you two months later. Right. Like, or whatever. So, I, you know, cause it gets uncomfortable when you, when you think that somebody's recording your call, a manager's going to pick it up and hear that you didn't even try to overcome that objection. That's a lot of, that's pretty scary. Right. Mm. But uh, I, I prefer the long game in sales. So it's, it's human to human. I mean, yeah, you say that yeah. scripts, whether it's sales calls, even podcasts, I mean, we've yeah. got no questions for you because if I had questions to follow, I wouldn't listen to your answer. We go to the next one and it might be completely off topic. You went in a different direction. Yeah. You lose that human connection, which again, over the past, what crazy few years we've had, everyone is craving connection mm -hmm. and maybe we lost a few skills along the way. So that human to human rather than scripting, I think is, is huge. 
with that emotional struggle, what advice can you give to people who maybe struggle with the follow-up? Maybe they have, they're just all up in their own heads because that's what it is rather yeah. than just doing the logical thing. How do you help them to overcome themselves? And how do you approach someone? Because the person talking, the person selling and a person receiving it, they're in two different mindsets. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, seller, the person receiving is they've got their protective layer up. We have that all the time. We, yeah. what is it on, on YouTube? You've got the skip button. You're trying to press it straight away, like protect, protect, protect. I don't want to see this. That's the mindset. How do you maybe cut through that or pattern interrupt it? So it kind of, so it gives you the chance to, to connect. Yeah. So, um, the pattern interrupt, I, I like that you mentioned that that's a big sales word, right? But for me, it's, um, it, it's really simple. Like when, when I'm trying to like break someone's guard down, I'll say something that they're not expecting to say. So like, for example, somebody would be on the phone and be like, I don't have any time. And I'd be like, I, you know, I'd be like, thank God, Mark, I only have three minutes too. So maybe we'll just cut right to the chase. And they're not expecting that. They're like, Oh, okay. Well, all right. then. <laughs> um, and then you have some automatic responses. So in selling um, speed is, is a key, right? Confidence is key. And so to build that confidence, you kind of need a second for like an, when you get an objection, uh, the, the seconds in between your, what they say in your answer should be filled with some kind of what I call like an empathetic statement. So like, Hey, I totally understand. I hear you. I'm with you. That's crazy. Right. Or something like that to help me give me some time. Mm. uh, Give me that extra second that I need to, to figure out what they're saying. And then the other thing is like, like you mentioned earlier, just like, listen to understand, not don't listen to respond. I think that's a big phrase in in the, in the world in general. Right. But Mm. not a lot of people understand that, you know, just don't worry about what you're going to say next. Probably doesn't matter. What matters more is that you listened. Yeah. Uh, they always say it doesn't, the content, what you're saying, that's, I forget the stats now. We all know this, this yeah. say that the, what we're saying is so low down. It's how we're saying it, even on sales calls, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's on the phone, mm-hmm. the tone, the intention behind it, that mm-hmm. counts for so much more. Just yeah. so one thing that, that I learned throughout my, my career is to, the best thing to do is just be myself. Yeah. Just yeah. be yourself, speak from the heart. And that's the most, that's the best way to actually fully connect. And there'll be people that don't like it. Cool. They're not for you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so, that's such a good point because I've been in all kinds of sales. And so I, and I wrote a book and, and things like that. But one of the things I love is like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Uh, facts tell, stories sell. And then I've been in, I've been in so many organizations where like we're in a, we're in a SaaS products, for example, and we've got nine competitors. Look, the reality is, is we pretty much all do the same thing. Like there's, there's the nuances between, but if somebody wants a general problem fix, they got nine options, but the, the, what they don't have is you. And that's so cliche, but it's also so true. Like I've had people go like, you know what, that product was, you, both of your products were cool, but I liked you more. Mm. You're my homie. You know, I know Dalton's going to take care of me. And that makes, it makes a world of difference. Or I've had the opposite. There was two and I didn't like you that's great, man. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like we can't take that personally because for every person that doesn't like me, I've got, you know, eight or nine more. And by the way, I always tell salespeople too, before I, I always tell salespeople too, like you don't want a five-star Google rating. 
You know what I mean? Like that means you're only working with people that want to work with you and you're not taking any risks and you're not pushing the envelope a little bit and you're not, you know, taking a chance on, on asking one more time. And so, yeah, I, I, does, I know it sounds kind of weird, but the best salespeople I know don't have five-star Google ratings. Oh, that's interesting. That's just a, a switch in perception. Yeah. But this is supposed to do this. There's, again, I think, oh shit, we could break everything down. There's a, a pro and a con to everything. There's a right way and wrong way to everything. You can reframe, retell everything in the way that suits your perspective, what you're trying to achieve or what your agenda is. So um, it's interesting hearing other people's takes. I think you get to choose what's right for you. Yeah. yeah. So with, yeah. with that Google ratings, take it to the bank or take it back and shoot it. Whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want. If it works for you, <laughs> use it, leverage it. If it gives you motivation to do something different, bigger, better, fuck yeah. yes, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And to, to more of that point too, I interviewed uh, two people on my podcast recently. One was a New York Times bestseller. He had his name, Jack Carr. He had he had one of his books, get an Amazon Prime video movie. Uh, and I asked, and then another one was like, a she has like a copywriting uh, agency that does like a million dollars a year. It's unreal. Um, and I asked them about storytelling. And what's funny is like, they both gave me the same answer. And it was like, how do you write a good story? And they're like, be authentic, be genuine and connect with your audience. And I was like, that sounds so crazy, but like, yeah, it's the same thing with like what you're saying, right? It's like, how do you be a good salesperson? How do you be good in business? Like authenticity, empathy, genuine being you and letting that show in a, in an appropriate way. Dude, it's so fucking simple. Yeah. We all miss the mark. I mean, you're not fucking perfect. You, there'll be sometimes that you miss the mark. Why? Because you get yourself into an emotional state, but mm -hmm. We, we all have this, but it is so simple, that empathy. One of our guiding principles, curiosity, empathy, and love. Use that as a principle. Use that as an approach. Shift your approach to that. You come across differently. Everything changes. Rather than trying to battle or convince, curiosity, empathy, yeah. and love. Now you're human to human. So whatever it takes for you to switch that, again, that, that perception. So... Okay, let's let's maybe help people to shift their perception right now. Let's go live into into the sales world because it is so important. Everyone's screaming, "I need more sales! I need more leads!" We're in business. That's that's what's the kind of the point, right? Yeah. For those level two, stage two, those people that said yes, I, I want to buy your your product, your service, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. and then ghost. Oh. They may have put down a deposit. They may have made a, a declaration. They may have, you know, put something in the calendar, whatever it might be. And then here come the excuses. Here come the reasons. They've <laughs> lost that dopamine. They've lost that reason. They've actually forgotten what it's all about. They've convinced mm -hmm. themselves they no longer need it. What would your advice be to, to re-engage, to connect, to mm -hmm. do the right thing for, for you? Yeah. So there's an author, Chris Voss. He goes over a principle in his book, Never Split the Difference. And this is where, like, I know, you know, it's written in a book and it's all cool. And like, everybody's read that book, but like, I've never put a principle into place that worked so well as, as the one that he taught about the accusation audit. Mm. So whenever I get someone who's ghosting me or, so I have a really good example. I worked in the auto industry for a while and I was the finance guy. I was the guy that no one wanted to talk to that everybody, that Dave, you watch Dave Ramsey. He was like, don't, don't, don't talk to that guy. Right. And I actually ended up being the number one in my, in, in our company 
because of the accusation of it. Cause I would go up and I would say, Hey, look, Mark, uh, I'm the guy that Dave Ramsey warns you about. You're going to hate my guts. Uh, I have to tell you this because of compliance for the law. Uh, so if you give me two minutes, I'll run through my spiel. And if you hate my guts afterwards, no worries. Tell me no. Right. I was like, but I got to run through it. And so if I, if I did that up front, I actually, everybody would let me, everybody would give me two minutes. I never had anybody that wouldn't. And mm. actually my closing rate went up like significantly because people, that was the one thing, like, that was the one thing people just wouldn't listen to me. Like that's what people they're doing, right? They're ghosting you. So I always do that when somebody ghosts me or, or when they say, and, and it might, but, but it usually works. Like it, it's got a really good return. Um, when you, when someone ghosts you and you're just like, Hey, uh, yeah, you probably hate me right now. You probably are. You probably are a little embarrassed that you, you set this meeting and maybe something's changed. And I just want to let you know, Mark, that whatever's changed, I'll, just let me know. And if it's something I can fix, I'd love to help. But if it's something I can't, you don't have to worry about me hitting you with a million rebuttals. Fair enough. And the, you're like, okay. Yeah, I actually, but that's like empathy, right? Like, hey, you're probably scared, right? Like, because like I've been in that that's, position where that's that empathy and the yeah. interrupt. You're kind of using all these. I mean, we're talking top level generic principles here, but when you start to <laughs> superset them, oh my gosh, it yeah. is so powerful. So yeah, the accusation audit, I love Chris Foss. His, his stuff is amazing. I love yeah, yeah. that guy. Um, yeah. But it's very torn. Some people hate this stuff. Some people see it, it's so deep into the bro marketing. Other people look at it for... But look at the nuance. Look at, yeah. you don't take it so literally. What can you apply that with, again, right. with the curiosity and empathy? Yeah. It makes a difference. So I yeah. love that. Just pat interrupt, putting the accusations out there. Hey, you're probably this, you're probably that, you probably feel this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, I just wanna, down. Yeah. and I just want to help. And, and I just like put people at ease and I, and I don't lie either. Like if you tell me like, yeah, you're right, dude. I was ghosting you. This this, this isn't going to work for us right now. I'm so sorry. I'll be like, great. Because I know in sales that sales are in the follow-up that you telling me no right now doesn't, I might hit you up in six months or yeah. two months or whatever. I'm not scared of that because I know that I'm not done. Right? Because <laughs> you know you're not done. Now, that's yeah. a beautiful thing behind the scenes, like the confidence. I know my yeah. process. I know what I'm doing. So, and yeah. And you get the data, you get to see that. So anyway, let's let's go away from sales. I can't right, talk cool. about what you do. I want to talk about the business owner behind the business. So yeah. yeah, you have a wealth of knowledge. You're building something amazing here. You're also in a transition where now you're, oh, you're at that point where you're building your own team. You come to that yeah. amazing, exciting, fucking scary point in your business. So let's not logic our way out of this. Dude, right. what, what is that like for you? Yeah, it's tough. You know, you want to like, uh, one of the things as a leader, you don't want to be a micromanager, but you, you want, you want to, uh, um, inspect what you expect and, and, uh, do all these things. And so you're, I'm trying to always balance the difference between, you know, I don't want to be a micromanager, but we got it. We got shit to do. Uh, and so and building the right team. Cause we were talking about it before, you know, I'm from an industry sales is a high churn and I don't want that. I want people, and, you know, and then maybe it's like, maybe I'm just, everybody wants that, right? Like, just like everybody wants sales, every boss wants someone that doesn't leave them, <laughs> right? Like, well, like join the club, right? <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, man, that's a tough one about being a business owner is like surrounding yourself with good people because everybody says your network is your net worth and show you and show me the five people you hang out with the most and that's who you're in. And so as a business owner, like hiring people like that, you, it's a lot more serious. And so I, I getting to see the other side, I have a lot more empathy for like hiring managers and stuff. Yeah. And again, you're, you're busting out all these cliches 
Right. True. <laughs> and and they help. Again, yeah. you know the right thing. You're you're kind of dodging the question slightly with what you know. Again, we've joked offline that you know too much. You've seen too much of the, the yeah, sales it's, industry. It's oh my gosh. So as you build your team, you'll bring all this baggage, all these things, all these fucking cliches that once helped you. And now are going to be starting to work against you. So yeah. breaking it down just to, if we can go down a level deeper, just to the Dalton, you dude, not the professional, not the person who knows all the right things to say, but because yeah. that person does go away when you're there with your thoughts. When you're trying to work through why it's not working, all these cliches, all these tools and tactics, all these things that are so important and they do work and they are good. In that moment where it's just you, your thoughts, your emotions, it's a tough place to be. So how do you work through that kind of time? And what is it that takes you to that place right now? Yeah, I think uh, I, I mentioned like philosophy before. Um, so what takes me back to just me is, uh, I think one of my favorite principles, um, that is more than just a cliche to me, but it's the paradox of control, right? The less you realize you have, the more you gain. And so I kind of retract, I kind of retreat back into myself when I see yeah. that and I go, all right, well, really the only things I can do is this, uh, and then, and then kind of work out from there. You know what I mean? Because it is, yeah, it's really tough and it's, and it's, uh, yeah. You see the hustle culture and all the, you know, the posts on LinkedIn, I talk about buzzwords, you know, if you put culture, uh, value and storytelling, it, you just had those three words in your LinkedIn post would probably go viral because everybody just loves them and no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's tough, man. But I, I kind of go back into, into myself and kind of start working back out. Mm. I think at one point you said that the control, we're, we're all craving control. We're, we'll crave certainty. That's the, the basic human need that we all need. So yeah. that control and realizing, fuck, we, we don't actually have any control of most things. We don't even have fucking control of our bodies. Yep. I mean, there's things, there's a scenario that could happen with you today or something could be said and you'll be triggered your cortisol, you'll trigger your adrenaline, your immune system, your fight or flight system will come into play. Everything will start to ramp up in your business. You can get ill, you can get stressed, you can get into a fight. I mean, you're mm. a big guy. But yeah. it's not a, it's not a fun place to be. So we we're losing control. So to un understand where where do I have control? What do I realistically have control over? And to hold that for more than a couple of seconds, I think something magical starts to happen. So where have you been able to release control as you've been growing your business, as you got to the place where you are today? Yeah, you know. Um like releasing control. Well, sales is crazy. And I, um, and this is just one thing I've learned, right. Is like, I stopped setting sales goals because those were totally outside of my control. Like I, you know, I can do everything right with Mark and Mark can one day just be like, yeah, you know what? Never mind, Change my mind. And there's no reason, right. I did everything right. You know, and that's kind of one of the shitty rules of life is like, you can do everything right and still get screwed. <laughs> you can still get fucked. Right. And so, uh, that's yeah, that's one. That's a big one. Um, so I, I, I just, I set goals around what I can control so I can control my output. I can control my attitude for the most part. I can control how I view this situation, uh, for the most part. And then, uh, and so that's what I do. Like in, uh, in my hiring right now, like, uh, I just gotta, I gotta keep reminding myself, like, I can't, I can't control who comes through the pipe. Mm. Can't control how, for the most part, how this interview goes. Uh, and I can't control, 
you know, uh, if they show up or not, <laughs> or if I like them or not. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, that it's tough though. Nice. And with your business in general, um, a cool question I bust out every now and again, I think is so, so interesting is do, I mean, you, you know, so much, okay. You have all the buzzwords, you have a good understanding of yourself <laughs> and business. Okay. There is a solid foundation there. So dude, you can take this. Where are you fucking up your business right now? Where are you standing in your own way of your, of your business growing? Yeah, not, I, dude, I'm afraid to delegate. Cause like, I know I can do it. That's why it's hard, hard building a team. It's like, I do it perfectly. Right. And I, or I do it the way that like, I know it needs to be done. Uh-huh. And uh, dude, that's where I get messed up. It's like, I'm, I'm like, God, I don't want to give this away to this guy. You know what I mean? Cause if it doesn't work it, but again, then I just retreat back. I'm like, I can't control that. Like I have to learn how to delegate at some point. And there oh, so you're almost stuck in a place where it's like, you, 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 cause you bust out straight. I was like, I know this Mark, I've got this answer delegating. I can't fucking delegate. I struggle. And here's yeah. all the reasons why, but you know, it's the right thing to do, but you understand the reasons why and what, <laughs> how much it's going to empower someone else. Yeah. However, oh, you can't do it as well as you can. And it's with the process of doing it. And ah, what's the knock on effect? <laughs> should it not go well? But I know what to do. I know what it should do. There's the, there's that, the spiral, yeah, right? This is a feedback loop from hell, man. So what are you doing to, to get yourself out of that? If, you're, if yeah. you're aware of this, what are the steps that you're chivying away to try and get <laughs> out of this, 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 this cycle? I'm, I'm going old school psychology a uh, little bit at a time. <laughs> All right. I can give you this. Cause if you mess this up, it's not going to be that big of a deal, but then I can teach you, right. I can't give you this full video that I, or I can't give you this big client, right. Mm. That I need, because if you mess that up, we're in a little bit of trouble, but I can give you like this one uh, call. Mm. And Cause if you mess that up, that's okay. It's not a big deal. We can fix it. We can go through it. So I'm going, yeah, I'm going old school psychology a little bit at a time until <laughs> we get to the big one. You're also going little reward, little risk. So yeah. there is a, of course, there's no right or wrong. Find what's right for you in whatever business yeah. you're in. But this yeah. is, again, it's a blessing and a curse. How do you grow? How do you make them feel more empowered? How do you actually move forward? They've got to lift bigger weights. Yeah. They've got to do different, different things. They've got to be outside of their comfort zone. So if, if you found yeah. your, oh, have you found your <laughs> comfort zone? In convincing yourself that this is the right way to do things. Maybe, maybe not. It's interesting. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I don't know. I, you know, a lot of people are like, get out of your comfort zone. And there's definitely a time for that. But it's also a time to stay in it, man. <laughs> like, there's also a time that like, hey, uh, that's why I think it's funny. I don't get political, but just the the definitions of the word liberal and conservative are you need both of them, right? You need to be able to stay with some, you know, I know this works, so we got to stay with it. Right. But also I'm not afraid to like try something new and like branch out a little bit. So you kind of need both of them in, yeah. in your business and in your life. Right. You need to be a little conservative and a little liberal and, and get, I guess finding the right time to do that for me, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this guy a little bit of rope, a little bit of rope, a little bit of rope and until we can get it done, you know, cause I, you know, he needs, you also got to realize too, with salespeople, right? Like you can't throw a salesperson into a big deal, right? They don't have the confidence to do that. And they shouldn't have the confidence mm. to do that yet. They've never, they've never even seen a million dollars in a bank account. I can't. So why would I, why would I put them on a million dollar deal? Not, not, not saying that every salesperson has a million dollars in a bank account, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like mm. we've never seen it come through. 
Um, so you got to have some confidence in them in themselves too. And that's going to be a big one. And so that's why I think I'm, I'm, I don't know. And maybe someone else just goes, Hey, we go big or go home. We burn the shit. We burn the boats. <laughs> Again, <laughs> cool. look at you with your metaphors and, or, you know, the right things to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You're like, maybe you do, man, but I'm not doing yeah. it. <laughs> but with all this, I, I truly think it's, it's finding the right thing for you. It's finding the right thing for yeah. you personally as a business owner, because you're growing your own thing here. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. So yeah. it's how, what feels authentic and back to empathy empathetic selling it's like yes this is the way it should be so find that core find that value that actually goes through everything i think is so important so mm -hmm. if your business does work operates from the same place of authenticity of integrity whatever that might be then you know that you're doing things for the right reason yeah you gotta find that yeah, yeah I, I mean i heard once um at a conference they said Consumers choose to do business with uh, companies they share the same values. Mm. And so I was like, man, it took me too long, but I, I had to come up with like my core value, like my personal core values. Like how was I going to de decide if a mm. decision was presented to me? How was I going to make that decision? What was going to guide that? And empathy was just at the top. It just makes so much sense. Like, and it's not a, it's also not a woo woo word. Like you can, you know what I mean? Like you can set really good boundaries and you can be straight with people and you can have hard, really hard conversations because I know that you and I are, are in the same place. And, um, you know, I mean, that's one of the cool things I learned from my, from my MBA, uh, was like, you don't need consensus to make a decision. Everybody just like, if, if somebody feels heard and seen they, they, they can get on board with an idea that's not theirs. And that's crazy. And I've seen it work and that's wild. Good point about that trust. It's about being real, just being yeah. completely real and not guiding the wrong people through the wrong process. Yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or even just being able to say like, or even getting a few steps in and be like, Ooh, you know what? Ooh, I messed up. Right. I'm like, ah, this wasn't it. I tried it. Didn't work. Let's go back to mm -hmm. the drawing board. But everybody knows, like everybody knows that when we get into that conversation, if I messed up, everybody's going to get a chance to be like, dude, I told you so. And we're, we're all going to say, <laughs> you know what I mean? And we're all going to go through that. And then we're going to come up with another idea and go and go for it. Nice. Love that. Hey, Dalton, thank you so, so much for sharing yeah. not only some <laughs> tips and tricks and things that you're helping people with, but also behind the scenes, hearing what you're going through as you, as you scale, as you grow the challenges that you're, <laughs> that you're facing. Heck yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. Dude, thank you so much. If people want to find out more about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and, and my website, daltonkjensen.com. And uh, and I'm actually, I have a unique name. So, uh, and I got on social media early enough. So all my handles are everywhere, Dalton K. Jensen. So nicely done. Well, dude, thank you so much for sharing and thank you for playing along today. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Thank you. Welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark. Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. 
<laughs> See you next time. Bye.